I think we've got the most likable manager in England. Lampard's been hung out to dry almost at Chelsea. I think Peter Wall has to be the most pointless person on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> got a different like supervisor now. It's called Natasha. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Rematch Podcast. I'm Ollie and I'm joined by Adam, Sam, Dan and Cam. Very much like last week, we're going unscripted again, so God knows what could happen. With me in charge, we're either going to waffle for three hours or we may just last 30 seconds, which Adam could definitely vouch for. So in the week where Donald Trump left the White House, we're still being told to stay indoors. Anyone been up to anything exciting or is it just same old, same old? I want to know more context to the Adam situation. Do you think that? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was hoping it'd just go on the sly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hoping oh. you're referencing when we used to just kick a ball at each other in the uh, in the half hour in second year. I hope that's yes. what, that's what you're yeah. referencing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not other stuff. I was gonna I was gonna mention you you getting six inches of snow this week, but I went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sleep. Uh, Actually, you want to see it, see it in the background. There's, there's, a, there's lots of that. I think I'm snowed in, which is a good job. I can't go anywhere. Have you been having any snowball fights with John? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, Adam, you don't strike me as the type of guy who would like go out and like enjoy the snow. Like you, you know, like make snow angels. And, yeah, yeah, you do. So, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't. I hate it. It's just that you, you can't do anything practical when it's. When 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 there's snow on the on the ground, everything just stops. And I mean, yesterday, just in my village, there was crashes and people struggling to drive on a road had a bit of snow on it, and just the whole thing has to stop. And it's just hate. Well, snow. that's terrible. But you must like the orange ball when that comes out the yellow ball. <laughs> as long as I'm at home watching it, yeah, I don't like being there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not even like snow as a kid, Adam? Snowball fights, building snowmen. No, no, I never liked. I've never liked snow. I've probably been out in the snow, but maybe once. I've never ever been sledging. Don't get the point. I think it's just it's just stupid. You know, you basically to be fair, putting your life at risk, aren't you? I should hear the snow because I I literally nearly well, lost my eye. Like you know, like Dale Fry, <laughs> like Dale Fry. Honestly, yeah, that's that's that. I've just got that. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> uh, like like Dale Fry. Um, is it like Dale Fry, Dan? Like Dale Fry. I nearly lost an eye. Um, someone in, in secondary school put a, a stone inside a snowball, shot it across, the, and of course it, it's me in year seven, little me with my huge backpack. Just like casually going about, like running to lessons, that's what I used to do. Because uh, Sam, you know how big Macmillan was, and it was a trek on it to each lesson. Um, it was. So yeah, it hit me right in my cornea, and... Uh, could have lost my eyesight. Did you get a wet paper towel on it, Dan? Well, yes, not great. Yeah, of course I did. Easy as that. Has anyone else yeah, actually had any stuff this year other than Adam? We've had snow, but it's not stuck around. It's been gone within 12 hours. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had snow last week, which was probably the best amount or worst amount, depending on your opinion of snow, um, that I've seen in a good few years. But we didn't have any really the other day. It was just like a, a little light frosting. Cameron, have you, you know, forgot your like cake. Uh, well, I wouldn't say they're mine. I'd say they're, they're my mum's, but yeah. You saw Christmas lights on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the truth, the truth is, everything else is gone, but they're not on. I'm yeah, I, don't right, I, I don't know if I can turn them on. One second. Be funny though, but you went... Yeah, turn them on. I don't know if I can. Have you? I bought it for the gym. I've worn it once, and then gym shut. I can only turn the outside lights on, unfortunately. I love how he says his mum's lights, though. Like, as if, like, if oh, you went downstairs I, and I made some toast, you wouldn't say, like, I'm just going to go put this in mum's toaster. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't make the lights, did I? You, you didn't, didn't make, make the toaster? toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He might have done. <laughs> Maybe. I'm guessing they don't oh, turn oh, it on, then. Oh, yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I said the outside lights turn on, but the actual... The outside Christmas lights don't turn. On. Was an, are they not even plugged in? Well, well, they might turn on, but I don't, I don't know how to. I don't know how to turn them on. Oh, I'm not right. in charge. I'm I not in charge of the lights. Yeah, your mum so. that's why, isn't it? Yeah. Get your mum yeah, to explain exactly. the lights. Yeah, yeah. Sure, the stickers. I'm not turning them on. Who <laughs> <laughs> the lights on your mum? <laughs> 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 
what have we uh, become? So to make sure Adam does only last 30 seconds. In the intro, Oli said that about <laughs> Don't you dare turn this on me. That's what Oli said about himself. <laughs> Don't even try. Hmm. Do you remember when this used to be a football podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually got a question that I want to, want to ask you all related to being stuck in doors. Okay. Um, we literally have no idea of when we're going to be allowed back out. So I was thinking this week we should maybe arrange some some things that we could do once we're out of lockdown and make the most of the time we've got left on the earth. So so what things has everybody got planned for when we come out of lockdown? <laughs> what, like for the rest of my life? <laughs> like yeah. a life plan. I'm not even but with, with the amount of health conditions I've got, I don't know how long I've got. So. Okay, the rest, of, the rest of this year, what do you want to get? The rest of this year? Oh. I, I, I mean, I booked a holiday, begrudgedly. But when? Dubai in, in September, so I don't, know, I don't know if it'll go ahead. I've never fancied Dubai before. Wait, uh, go social then. media influences. Oh, yeah, I know for a fact I'm just going to be my girlfriend, <laughs> photographer. But I, you've got to try, Adam, Adam, you know fine well, you've got to try everything once. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> anyway. I spoiled it on that one, Dan. Well, yeah, got the title of this episode, but it's even <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's just rematch with a big R rated at the start. Isn't it? <laughs> But yeah, I booked Dubai um, just because I know that it was the last place that locked down. It was still going until like maybe last week, I think it was. Um, so hopefully that'll be the first back open and quite a decent deal for it. Because it sounds a bit expensive, doesn't it? But it's not as expensive as what you'd think. When I was at primary school, this is sort of related. When I was at primary school, <laughs> a friend of mine, um, have, have you ever heard of the TV show? It was around about 10 years ago. It was called To Buy or Not To Buy. And it was like a property show, and he made a uh, he, he made his own PowerPoint quiz called Dubai or Not Dubai, and it was just pictures of places. And you had to guess if it was Dubai or if it wasn't Dubai. I like that. Can we play it now? Can we just win that one? <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't got the the resources. Well, you, well, you, you can play it when you go. You can just take pictures and send to them and say, "Is this Dubai or not Dubai?" <laughs> right, I'll do that. We, we... We've played that before, haven't we? But it was a bit more... Uh, it was a Robert Hooth's game, wasn't it? I think. Me and Adam played that the other day, actually. We definitely did play that the other day. I'm pretty sure it was called uh, or no that one. You know what I mean? Oh, I got you. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did do that one, yeah. <laughs> Adam was strangely quite good at it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as if he'd seen the pictures before. Oh, what? what, what like, why, why is this all on me tonight? All of this that we're talking about? It's all stuff. Well, I mean, I've got I'm the ones who've got saved on my camera roll, so I'm 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 the real loser here. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it reminds me of um, is that when there used to be a thing going around probably about a year ago, where cool. people would say, <laughs> "Still going around yeah. now," and uh, and and someone would put, "Oh, um, Rotherham, United Kingdom," and then the photo would be of like the Maldives. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. Like, like someone put the SU, but it's actually the middle of Dubai. That was yours. Has anybody else got any plans for after lockdown? Get a job to repeat yourself. <laughs> We're not going <laughs> back there. <laughs> 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 Coming along, Cam. Uh, I've not, I've not heard any unfortunately. I had a meeting today. I'm getting swapped. I'm getting moved about. I've got a different like supervisor now. Well, gonna have one next week. Called Natasha. You made some friends over lockdown. Yeah, I know. I've got loads of friends. God, Natasha. That's all I know. Can we get Natasha on the podcast for next week? It's like football, Kevin. Yeah. So, what's her? I was going to say that. I don't think it matters anymore. What's her role? What does she do? Um, to assist me with getting a job, basically. I think. Right. Which has come really well. I'll tell you what. I've got an idea. Right. So she's like obviously assisting people to get a job. So her job mm. is to assist getting jobs, right? So it's kind of like job section, yeah. isn't it? Why don't mm. you go for that job? You know what I mean? Like a job I, in the job centre. I've been asking. I've been. I've, I've genuinely thought about asking, but I, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird question to ask, isn't it? Is it like, can I have your job, please, or yeah. can I have a job that's like your job? It's like when you're in secondary but school and you went to see the careers advisor, and you never said, "I want to be a careers advisor." In those lessons. <laughs> 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 How did they end up in that mm. job? Imagine. Imagine a little kid going and saying, I want to be a career advisor. 
<laughs> you know what give the careers advisor the, like the authority to say to me like when I said oh I want to be a footballer why did they say well that's not very realistic I was like oh what gives you the authority to say that yeah, like, you never wanted to be too tall yeah. to be a pilot yeah <laughs> do you reckon there's more footballers in <laughs> England or career advisors that's a good question isn't it I've, I've never ever thought of it <laughs> do you think yeah yeah. Each school doesn't have its own careers advisor. Does it? Well, mine, mine didn't. This is one bloke. Which, which football? Yeah, hey, I've got a question for you, right? And it leads on from last week's podcast. Which <laughs> player would make the best career advisor? Dan, this question failed last week. You're going to fail again this week. <laughs> it's not. We're going to... Oh, I will get onto one. Uh, I, I, I think... I think uh, It's not a player, but I think Guardiola would be quite a good... Advisor, because he's a mentor anyway, isn't he? Mm. Really, I think it'd be quite nice to, yeah. to listen to, you, especially after that interview that you did after the Chelsea. He's a game. philosopher, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Frank Lampard's in need of a job, so he might make a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah what? He'll get you a job. Yeah, he will. Like that links perfectly to what about Ollie's about to say. What about Frank Lampard? Oh, I'm guessing about 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 you've been <laughs> <of> the agent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think we were struggling for football topics this week, much like most of the weeks recently. But we saw this morning that Frank Lampard was sacked from Chelsea after 18 months in charge. I think it's probably the first sort of spell he's had where he's been in a in a bit of trouble. So do we do we think it's harsh or do we think it's a great decision? I'm on the fence with this one, big style. Um, and I know it's a podcast where people would like us to give a strong opinion on it. However, I am so split down the middle. It's incredible. I can see why Chelsea have done it because Chelsea have always been a club that need results and need to be up there challenging, especially with the amount they've invested recently. But on the other side, you've got a player there and it's a, it's a legend at the club. And I know they shouldn't be given extra time because I'm guilty that like Woodgate was classed as a borough legend and he, I wanted him out, to be honest with you. Um, so, I mean... He, he did, though, last season, do a great job. And I, I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but Solskjaer, he was the favourite to be sacked not too long ago. And then he look at him now, he's probably the most secure person in a job, but pretty much unsackable right now. There's no reason why Lampard couldn't have done that with Chelsea. I think feel like he's been a little bit unlucky recently in that, I don't know, the team just hasn't ticked or clicked Whereas at the start of the season, they had they were they were great. Werner got up to a great start, and you look at players like him; he's always the example. He's he started off like a house on fire, and now, obviously, he can't abandon. But who knows? I mean, who knows where they could have went with him? We'll never find out. Now, I guess it's quite unfortunate because I would have liked to see him do done well with him. It is really difficult when every year, really, when teams sack managers to know whose fault it really is because often it is it's down to performances and performances are quite often dictated by player performances as we've mentioned especially at Chelsea with you know the, the signings that they made and that brings me on to what I'm about to say is that the signings aren't were they Frank Lampard's of course you have to think that he wanted them but maybe did he get his first choices in again I would I'm not I'm not saying that he didn't because I think he probably did with the money that he spent on Havertz and Vern. I don't think they would have spent that if they weren't the players that he wanted. But you've got to look where the blame lies. And I still think the players are to blame. But if Frank's totally in charge of transfers, then he has to, I think he had, he had to go really. Because those the transfers are not paid off at all. Whether that's his fault or not is a different question. I don't like it personally. I think he's he's gone far too soon from that Chelsea job. Um, when you look at the players he brought in, the, the younger players from abroad, um, and I think he had to go for that because if the argument is you can either go for proven Premier League players and pay a high premium. Now, don't get me wrong, he's paid substantial figures for these players as well. But again, they're going to have adjustment time to settle into the Premier League. The young players, again, they're going to have to wait potentially months, if not years, for them to come into the prime to play the best football. He's not been given that time to, to prove that. I mean, we, we've seen it so many times with Abramovich. I mean, 
look at Di Matteo. He was given, what, six months after he won the Champions League and that wasn't enough for him to, to keep his Chelsea job. Um, you want success now or yesterday, don't you, if you're a manager? And, and that's where he's, he's fallen short of that, understandably. But then how many managers get that each year? There's one that wins the Premier League. There's one that wins the Champions League. You can't be getting success year upon year. And Chelsea, the last time they've won the Premier League was Conte, wasn't it? 16-17. They've not won it since then. He was a manager that came in, had a shake. He start, got beat three and over it and then had to um, find a system that's played well in that 3-4-3 um, three, three formation and then they won the title. But again, it wasn't enough for him to keep his job. So I don't see where Chelsea go from here, to be honest, because they've tried a, a manager to get the players playing in a different sort of way. They've gone for experienced managers in the past and it's not worked out. So where does Chelsea go from here? I'm not so sure. Well, Thomas Tuchel looks to be the man coming in to replace Lampard. I think I've seen that it's initially until the end of the season. Do we think that's the, the right type of appointment for where Chelsea need to be or or is there other people we think are more suited to that job? Well, there's not much other option out there in fairness at the minute, is there? I, I mean, you get rid of Lampard, then you're stuck with whatever's available. You can't go into him. I mean, <laughs> was it Hidden got mentioned at one point even, wasn't it? But um, it looks like they're going for Tuchel and I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad sort of uh, manager to go for, but people are saying, yeah, well, he's won the treble with PSG. I think, honestly, anyone would win the treble with PSG. Like, th- there's not much competition in that league. You can literally set out a field of players and they'll do the job for you. He's got to do yeah. a completely different job here with with Chelsea. You've got, you're playing with players who aren't the best in the league in their positions, whereas PSG obviously had the best players in each position. Um he always failed in the Champions League as well, Tuchel. I'm sure that's what Abramovich wants. He wants more Champions League success. And I can't see him doing it personally, but you never know. And it could turn out to be one of them decisions where they get in a few months' time we're thinking, right, well, fair enough, fair play. Because that's what you tend to say with Abramovich is, OK, fair play. You, you, you never really think he's made a bad decision, do you? If you think back, he's always got success out of it. When was the last bad decision he really made on a serious note? He's always, no matter what, a year later he gets success of his decisions. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. I think Trevor does come in. It needs to be a pretty quick thing because it actually kind of annoyed me that Lampard's been sacked off the back of a win 20, less than 24 hours earlier. Yeah, I know they're playing Luton aside or below them in the Championship side and they're a Premier League team, but they still won the game. Pretty convinced that Luton perhaps could have could have took it to extra time on another day. They had a really good chance at two one, but I mean the, the third goal that sealed the game was such a fantastic move as well from back to front, from from right to left, and I think that epitomised the way he was played. I think it's actually extremely disrespectful for anybody, but even more disrespectful for such a Chelsea legend to be sacked yeah. the day after a win. It's like when Louis Van Gaal won the FA Cup and then was sacked that evening. That that to me just isn't just isn't right at all. So I'd like to think at the very least. He's been sacked. Lampard's been sacked because there was someone lined up immediately. If that's if that's Tuchel or not, that could have been the bounce as well, couldn't it? I mean, all they needed. They haven't had a victory in a, in a while, have they? That that could have been the result. And I know it's against Luton, but they've scored a few good goals there. Tammy Abraham would have surely have started the next game after scoring a hat trick. Exactly. But, and I mean, they could have easily went and got the win, and and then you build from there, don't you? So what exactly? What was what did Lampard have to do? Yes, on Sunday's game. To keep his job, did he have to put you know, seven or eight past Luton, or would he have been sacked regardless? I don't get why I haven't made a decision a week earlier. Is that the decision they were going to do? Because they're wasting their own time really in trying to create something, to try and create something new, have new ways of playing that are going to then be a success. The only reason that I can imagine why they've delayed until this week is if they were talking to to Shell before that game and waiting to see if they could come up with agreement. And if they couldn't, then they'd keep Lampard in the job a little bit longer. But that's, again, something that strikes me that I I don't like about this whole scenario and that Lampard's been hung out to dry almost at Chelsea. Um, It just seems that he just hasn't had the time to... I mean, you look at his success at the season before, no one thought they would get into the top four. I mean, people were saying, oh, bottom half for Chelsea. And then he got that side into a Champions League position, which was a remarkable achievement, I think. And then he's only been given, what, six months of the next season to after spending over 100 million plus. And yes, some of these players haven't performed. There's, there's no denying that. But you've got to give them time to turn it around. You mentioned it before about Solskjaer and how he was favourite 
in the Sakharis to, to be the next manager to lose his job and Man United flying at the moment. Um, that could have been Chelsea. Would it have been? We'll never know now. Chelsea is still in the Champions League as well. So, so he hasn't even had the chance to give a go to the competition that he's incredibly qualified for last season. I think a manager, as a manager, I think you should always be given the full season. I think Ranieri was sacked as well before he got to finish his Champions League yeah. campaign. Before that was that was Great just, Shakespeare's managed a yeah, quarter final. Ex- exactly. I mean, <laughs> I think I think that should be for for a club to spectacularly get Champions League football. The manager should always be given the Champions League campaign just out of respect do something at the end of the season if you want to make a change I, I think it's too too rushed I'm, do you know what I said I was on the fence I'm not anyway I think it's really harsh yeah so in terms of the next step in Lampard's career where, where do we think he'll end up next will he get another Premier League job will he go abroad maybe even a championship or sorry he's been added to the Sheffield Wednesday manager odds today <laughs> 6 to 1 oh, get it what's next for him um, I, three. Well, yeah. yeah, it probably will be, to be fair. Yeah, I, I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> He's on the podcast next week. <laughs> Career's advisor, <Yeah>. isn't he? <laughs> well, I, I ain't got a funny thing to say. I think he's taking job, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's going to, is he? Media executive at Emerson. <laughs> he'll, he'll have a break, though, won't he? He's got a kid on the way, I'm sure. I think he'll have a, a good break from football. Coming yeah, back. probably. I, I don't know if I was. Yeah, I was having this conversation earlier about where he would go, and because obviously it's quite easy to say, "Oh, he's managed at Derby and in you know a Championship team that aren't doing very well now, but under his stewardship, we're doing pretty pretty much as you'd expect Derby to do." Then before, well, and then I'm oh, sorry. Then he went to Chelsea, of course, in the Premier League. You'd think it'd be somewhere in the middle, but the problem is. In the middle of that is where you would expect the likes of where we've seen Big Sam get a job at West Brom. You know, the teams that are scrapping, you know, and battling out for survival. Would a club like West Brom, um, or if you know, if Chris Wilder was, was to leave Sheffield United, would Sheffield United take a chance on on Frank Lampard? It it doesn't seem like he would want to go there, and it doesn't feel like he would be the right person for the job. I was actually thinking the best place for him to go, in my opinion, which is I think is quite realistic, although I just I just can't picture it myself, but it'd be brilliant uh, if he went to Celtic yeah. and if he took over from Neil <laughs> Lennon because it, at the end of the day, he should finish top two, which, okay, might not be Celtic fans finishing behind Rangers and we'll talk about next season, but he'd probably get a year to build his own squad. He's already got a good squad there. He can have a crack at qualifying for the Champions League if not a good crack at the Europa League and then and then his second full season hopefully if he got it then he could have a go at the league title and take it back off Steven Gerrard if Gerrard is obviously still there I've got a bit of an outsider shout for it oh well um, a few months time he has a break from football and then it's the Euros England don't win the Euros fail to do very well Southgate sacked Lampard steps in <laughs> I think we're still we're still viewing Lampard as a sort of elitist manager, which I oh I know he's not, which he's kind of put on himself in in leaving Derby after a season, mm. which was a pretty successful season. I think when you compare to where they are now, mm. um, I think he I think he'll look back. I think even he'll admit that he took that Chelsea job too early. I don't think he was ready for it. I think this was always going to be inevitable. What's happened mm. now? I didn't think it'd happen this early. I thought he'd get. A, you know, two or three full years, but I think it's always inevitable. And it's always then when you've already got your dream job or your second managerial job and you're still only 40, where do you go next for the next 20, 30 years of your managerial career? I think he'll be very against the idea of going back to championship or even taking off, taking over bottom of Premier League side because I think he'll want to see himself as this elitist manager. And that's not him being, being overconfident yeah. or anything like that. But it's just if you end up taking with the dearest respect right now, Sheffield Wednesday job, bottom three in the championship. When you've gone yeah. from Chelsea to Sheffield Wednesday, you kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a mindset thing. People won't look at you the same way. They won't see you as that, as that Chelsea manager that was a bit unlucky. Yeah. So perhaps that England one isn't a bad shout. I think Celtic's a good shout as well, to be fair, especially when they're going up against mm-hmm. Gerrard. But yeah. I, I, I can't second guess his next move at all. Well, on the flip side, I was just going to quickly finish what Adam was saying, is that as a Wednesday fan, I wouldn't want Frank Lampard, I don't think. I just don't, I don't see 
how you know I don't really see what he's done. Yeah, okay, we get some Chelsea loanees maybe if he came in now, get some Chelsea loanees into end of season. Yeah, they'll probably keep us up because there'll be a quality there'll be quality additions, I imagine. But I don't. I don't Do you think he'd get Chelsea loanees now? Do you think the relationship's I, there? By the way, I don't. I, I, I think he'd want to like burn that relationship with fire now. After this, I, I, mean... I, I think he'd know. I think he'd start a good relationship with whoever deals with. I imagine Petr Cech would probably be one of the people if he's still there. I don't know if he, I'm guessing he's still in um, in his role. I can't remember what it is exactly, but I know he deals a lot with transfers and dealings in and out. So I imagine he'd have a good relationship with people that are above him that do the scouting and the transfers and and maybe the head of youth development as well that would be willing to loan players out. But but even so, forgetting the Chelsea young players, I I, said, I wouldn't want Frank Lampard at Wednesday. I don't no, think. He's, a, he's a project manager, Lampard, isn't he? You can already see that. Yeah. When you're young, you don't have the experience to go in and really shuffle a side round and get them fighting for, say, say a, a relegation scrap. He, he hasn't got that yet. An older manager, yeah, will have that. And he, I'm sure one day he will have that sort of uh, prowess, but not now. Mm-hmm. So you said, you said one day he could he could have that sort of level of elitist manager like Adam said. Do we think we could see him back at Chelsea one day, or do we think that love story between him and the club is gone now? Well, he's younger than Abramovich, so I'm sure that one day Abramovich will be gone. And not not like that sounds awful, doesn't it? That, that really does sound <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Like Abramovich won't be there forever. One day he will sell up, yeah. and Lampard could still go back. I mean, it is, his, it is his club at the end of the day. That's what Lampard will be known for, Chelsea. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I, th- I think, yeah, he could go back. But John Terry, I think, will be given a go at Chelsea before that. It feels like a while since we've spoken about our individual clubs and how they're getting on. Let's start with Dan and Sam. I'm sure there's plenty you'd like to discuss, especially from yesterday's game. Yeah, we've never spoken about our clubs. and obviously mean Sam, a Borough fans. Um, on the whole... And I'm not going to speak for Sam, but I think we're fairly happy with where things are at compared to the last time we did a rematch show, we were in a relegation scrap. Um, and now we're looking towards the playoffs. So the transformation that Warnock's done is just incredible. I was saying this not too long ago to you, lads, wasn't I? And I said, I think we've got the most likeable manager in, in England. I couldn't name a more charismatic manager I really, he's, he's incredible. He's got everything about him. And I know that like rivals don't like him as much, obviously, because he does have a moan at referees and I, like, yeah, but he's, he's that sort of character and he's, I couldn't ever wish for anyone different in, currently. Yeah, he's one of those managers where if he's in charge of your club, you absolutely love him. And if he's in charge of the opposition, you absolutely hate him because he will complain about the referee's performance, about how a defender shouldn't have been on the pitch, about um, anything that gives his side an advantage. But that's exactly what you want for a manager of your team. You want someone who will um, back your corner and uh, will defend your lads to the hilt. And that's exactly what he's done ever since he's come in. Um, And to be fair, when he came in, it was about a year ago this time, wasn't it? It was... um, it was right after the first lockdown game when we came back and we lost um, at home 3-0. Was it 3-0 or 3-1 to Swansea? Um, and Woodgate was sacked immediately after Woodgate, uh, sorry, and Warnock came into the end of the season. And as soon as he did, he thought, right, we're safe now. Because he's one of those managers that will get players on his side, will implement his tactics straight away. And you knew as soon as Warnock was in charge that Borough would not be playing in League One the season after. And it, it strikes me as odd because... The amount of success he's had with the teams he's been at, the is it's eight promotions, isn't it? It's um, it's a record the amount of times he's got teams out of the championship. So, how come he always finds himself out of a job and getting teams at the bottom of the league? Surely he see that record and think, yeah, it was seventy-two, <laughs> isn't it? Seventy-two. So, uh, yeah. So potentially that's it. But if if you're a, a chairman of a club that wants promotion from the championship, then he's the ideal candidate, is he not? Yeah, I think the issue comes when he actually gets into the Premier League. And even though I think that he would keep us up if, if, if we got into the Premier League eventually, I feel like he, he's not the man to sort of progress you forward, is he? I, you never know. I think he deserves one last sort of shot. He always says one last shot, doesn't he? But he keeps going. He'll be managing until he's the Queen 
Queen's age, won't he? Do you know what I mean? He's that sort of guy. But I, I, like I said, I absolutely love him. To be three points outside the playoffs, I would have had a bit in your hand off for that at the start of the season in the position that we are with the squad that we've got. Um, maybe optimistically, I'm hoping that we can just about sneak in the playoffs at the end of the season. But again, that is optimistically. We've got a week left of the transfer window. If we can bring one or two bodies in, and I know it's such a big ask in these times and the uncertainty surrounding player contracts and everything. But if we can bring one or two quality additions into this football club, then I don't see why we can't be in and around the playoff conversation come the end of the season. This weekend's game was a real disappointment, though, wasn't it? It was that the decision. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen it now on the day I tackle. I can't, I'm, I'm speechless at that. I really am. I don't know how anyone misses that. I, I, I just think it's incredible. And I think Warnock was spot on. Sometimes I think, yeah, he has a go at the ref. And it's sometimes a bit like, did he do that bad, really? To that that game, it was all justified. It really was. It was absolutely disgraceful. And Dale Fry could have actually been retired from football right now. That's how bad that was. So, yeah, it was, it was a shame, but it was a game that was tarnished completely by the tackle. And I think if, if, if that's not made, we're going to win the game. And we're looking into the playoffs now. That's the sort of decisions that come the end of the season. You look and you think, what could have been? I think in, in Warnock's post-game interview, he looks more upset than angry with the decision, uh, just because of what could have happened to Fry. But I've actually seen a lot of people criticise Warnock on Twitter for the way he went to Jared Branthwaite, I think it was, um, after the full-time whistle. He's an 18-year-old lad. He's not played more than 20 professional games. Does that matter? Did, was Warnock right to give him a telling tell off, or is it? Or should he not? Should he not have done that? Not only is it a career-threatening injury, it's a life-threatening injury. If that is, as Warnock says, a millimeter away, and in a different opinion, he loses an eye, then he's never playing football again. And to have, to have such fine margins between Fry, hopefully on the mend, and we wish him well. And but that's not only have we not got a penalty. Or, or a red card, but we've lost one of our best players this season. Um, I think Warnock's got every right to talk to a player because you can't be putting your foot that high and that forceful for me in, into into a challenge. I think that if if the player went after the tackle and he, he went over to Fry and he was like, "Oh my god, like I'm so sorry," he he didn't do that. Yeah, he went up to the referee and he said he stuck his head down towards my foot. He stuck his head down. Mowbray was sat yeah. behind, and I was quite disgusted with Mowbray. And I, I really like Tony, and he's laughing at Warnock for having a go at him. Laughing. And I'm just thinking, what's going on here? This is a former player of ours who, I mean, I, I, you might be laughing at something else, don't get me wrong, but it did look appear, and appear to be laughing at the situation that Warnock was complaining yeah. about. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the player's still not apologised. It sounds mediocre, but he's not issued an apology on social media. He's not said anything. He's not come out after the game and said, "I really, I've, um, I, it's really unfortunate the situation. I wish Dale Fry all the best. Wish him a speedy recovery. I'll make sure he's okay and I'll be checking up on him." He's not said any of that. And I know he's only an eighteen-year-old lad and he's only making his mark on the game. But there's there's a way you can approach an incident afterwards, isn't there? And be genuinely remorseful about something that you've you've had it's an accident don't get me wrong of course it is he's not gone out there to intentionally harm Dale Fry but you can still be apologetic and remorseful after an incident and I haven't seen any of that what does it look like from an outside looking in what do you think about the situation Uh, well I would I'd say that the people complaining about Warnock's reaction are basing that off Warnock's reaction we don't actually know what he said it might have been a case of he said something like you better not do that again you better learn from that sort of thing I think we can probably guess what he was saying but um, we don't we don't know what he was saying and I think it's just impossible to to hate him I think he could do anything and you just say oh it's Neil Warnock he can do, he can do what he wants but in in that situation you've got to protect your your players and you've got to protect the the integrity almost and that's something that was definitely jeopardized by that ridiculous challenge I don't even know why he attempts to go for the ball that high you know what you're capable of doing if you put your boot with studs on it it's a, someone's face so I think what, what's on, every, on the flip right. side then does Mowbray have the right to defend his player he can say something like I, I think he can obviously say oh, I wasn't intentional and all the rest of it but you know you, it, it becomes a matter of, 
away from football and it isn't a case of you know trying to get good PR for the club or trying to say the right things. It's a case of someone's nearly kicked someone's eye out. And if you're not going to apologise for that, then that's got nothing to do with football. It'll it'll make he will have that above his head now for the rest of his playing career. And he'll probably have players on the pitch giving him stick for it throughout games, probably for the rest of his career, which he perhaps could have avoided if he'd first of all not done it, he could obviously have avoided it. But secondly, just by showing, as Sam said, no, showing some remorse for it. I did watch the Mowbray interview after the game and he said exactly what you you said there, Adam, about the player not showing any intent, but he more used it as a chance to comment on the the level of officiating, not just in the Championship, but English football as a whole. I, I think for me, that's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen, especially when you consider the referee's position and a defender with his legs hold outsourced. The three. thing is, I mean, I, I, I sort of get the argument. It it reminds me of when, you know, when Andre Gomez against Jung Min Son, that horrific tackle two two years ago or so. Initially, that was given as, a, as just a yellow card. And the tackle itself, from what I can remember, wasn't too bad. But the effect that it had on Andre Gomez and what it did to him forced that to become a red card and VAR overturned it. I think it's exactly the same. Putting your foot up isn't necessarily a foul. But if you do damage to somebody to that extent, it becomes serious foul play. Regardless of intent, regardless of whether it's a foul anywhere else on the pitch, the fact that you've put your studs into someone's face, not because it's high, but into someone's face, but makes it become serious foul play. So it's I completely agree. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's a shocking decision that they've not seen that. And, and even just to look at the state Dale Fry is in, even if the referee doesn't give that as a, as a penalty or, or, or give nothing as he did to start with, he should see the state that Dale Fry is in and then think, oh, I must have got that wrong. Yeah. Well, that happened with Gaston Ramirez a, a few seasons ago in the, um, well, I call, I call it the playoff yeah. final, but it was the final game of the season. When the foul was given, but then Ramirez showed what had happened to his leg and it was a yeah. massive gash in his leg. And then they said, oh no, that's a red card. Yeah, Which exactly. I think should happen. Yeah. The difference that day is you had a quality referee in Mike Dean who could easily see the incident. And <laughs> yeah, go, well, yeah. Dale, Stevens, you, Dale Stevens, that's a certain red card because you've caused serious harm and intent to someone, to a, to an opposition player. And again, that should have what that's what should have happened in the Borough v Blackburn game at the weekend. But again, and that's the difference between a quality referee and one who, quite frankly, isn't. Do you think that post-match interviews should happen with referees or not? In situations like that, I think that I think the fans deserve a bit of explanation. Like, even if they said, "Yeah, I, I did it," because I've never seen it before. But I've I've seen one, but I can't remember where it happened. A referee made a catastrophic error and came out after the game and just went, "Yeah, I've uh, I've made a mistake there." Ollie, you're not remember who it was. Premier League years, I think it was. Like, yes. Yeah. I think Graham Paul, who did it, yeah, in Mount Sky, and explain why he did. Because it's just frustrating. You want, you want to, you want to. if he came out the referee after and said, "Right, we got that, we got that wrong. We're, we really do apologise." Because I'm sure he'd be apologising to the FA. He'll be saying that to him. He'll be like, "Oh, listen, I know I've got it wrong." Because he can't, he can't defend it, can he? So we, but as fans, why can we not see that? Why can we not see the fact that he's really sorry? And then you kind of build, like build bridges, don't you? I'd much rather listen to the refs in game rather than after the game and get their sort of instincts and their reasonings behind the decisions at the time rather than them being given time to think about why they made that decision. But I think we've seen one with John Moss in a game a couple of years ago where he says he doesn't have a clue and then he just gives the penalty anyway. Yeah, so that was a Liverpool game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so you, I think you just guessed. And I think if we, we had that more than then it would be quite interesting to look at. I think they've done it in Australia before and that yeah. that went around on Twitter. Loads of people were saying that we should have something like that here, but I just can't see it happening because I think they're, they're just going to be too protected. Rugby do it, in fairness. I, I think it works well in rugby. I would, I'd much rather that than go to Peter Walton, sat in the truck outside to inevitably agree with the referee. Because <laughs> I don't think that's a very good solution to this problem either. I think Peter Walton has to be the most pointless person on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> He was a good yeah. ref in his day, but it's just the fact that he that he comes on to speak about yeah. controversial decisions, and then I have not seen him ever say that the referee got that decision wrong. Yes, mm, I am. Yeah. His job at the moment is to just go to the referee and go, "Oh, we got that right. It's a tough call, but I'm siding with the referee in this yes. way," and then move on. It's, it's the same every time. I'm just googling who Peter Walton is. Sorry, <laughs> it's, oh yeah, the guy that, guy. that when um, yeah. when 
that when there's that <laughs> last minute goal for Spurs against Ajax, uh, no, they won that game, was it? It was the was it the Man City Spurs game in, in the Champions League? I can't remember, but they cut to him rather than cut into the celebration. And you see Peter Walton <laughs> celebrating outside. It was him. <laughs> oh, that's class. Brilliant. They've even got one on Sky Sports, I think, with Dermot Gallagher, who organisation, whatever it was, um, and he's the exact same. He just defends them every time, even if it's a clear on wrong decision. He'll he'll always pretend them. So I just, uh, no, pretend them. Defend. 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 <laughs> Don't know why it's a pretend. I just think referees are too protected, and there does need to be an overview of the level of officiating in this country. I think. Yeah, the, after that one the, the week, thing yeah. that sticks out for me is there's no repercussions I mean yes you're going to get um, demoted to a potential League One game or you might be asked to sit out next weekend but why should a League One game have to put up with a referee that's made a blunder last week and potentially could make the same mistake again this week and affect a League One game I mean there's no stand like Ollie mentioned stand of officiating the need to be held accountable to the decisions that they make and if they make a decision like the one on Saturday where not only is it a career threat an injury, a life-threatening injury, and there has to be some sort of repercussion for that. In any other job, if you make an error that badly, there'll be some severe repercussions. So what do you suggest? Be it a fine, be it a sacking. All right, Dan, I haven't got all the answers, but there just has to be some sort of repercussion. <laughs> what I'm saying is, that, like, obviously, you can demote them. You can demote them, and then obviously, I think they'll get less money for a League One game than the will a Premier League or Championship game. But is is that the only thing what you can do with them, or would you fine them? Do you know what I mean? What what, what do you do? Or ban them for a bit. Give them a funny punishment in front of twenty thousand people. <laughs> Bring back. You're that getting a smack. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think, like you mentioned earlier, an interview after the game would have been appropriate in those sort of circumstances. All right. I think we've we've talked about referees and Borough for quite a while, so we'll stay in the Championship. I'm not sure how much longer for. Um, camp for, <laughs> how Sheffield Wednesday have been getting on? As soon as you said that, I knew that. that <laughs> off the um, you're not wrong, though. Uh, <laughs> well, how have we been doing? Well, it's same as every You've still year, not got really, a manager. No. It feels like it's yeah. been about a year since you last had a manager. Yeah, you, you, you messaged me the other day saying, have you not got a manager yet? <laughs> and I was like, no, no. To be fair, we've had three people in dugouts since uh, Christmas uh, in Pulis. Uh, uh, Neil Thompson and uh, Andy Holdsworth. Well, that's your problem. You've got no uh, background stuff. Well, well, they all got COVID. They did for the Exeter game. That's why Andy Holdsworth came in, and then he kept his place on the sidelines for the Everton game, which I thought was a bit strange. But, but I think Chancery is not really in too much too much of a rush. We've not really seen anyone linked. Probably Frank Lampard's the latest <laughs> one, although I've not really seen anyone take that too seriously. Um, I think the last one I was telling only was was Darren Moore. I think and. And, and well, he's doing all right at, at, at Doncaster Rovers, but he doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. I, I was never, sh- I was never sure about him at West Brom and and Doncaster. Yeah, okay, they're overperforming, but is he is he ready for the championship again? I'm not, I'm not sure. As as the players go this year, it's a weird one because it doesn't feel like our squad's much worse than the squad that got us to third in the league last year. You look at the notable absentees in Stephen Fletcher, Morgan Fox and Jacob Murphy from last season. Well, I can rule out Jacob Murphy from that straight away because he didn't start performing until the rest of the squad got worse after Christmas. So when we was when we was dropping back into mid-table and then the bottom half. Um, and then Fletcher, of course, is a massive loss for goals, which is, the, is something that we've not replaced. And Thankfully, we've... We've uh, we've signed Andre Green, which I think is a step in the right direction. As a, a young 22-year-old winger, showed a bit of positive signs of him, although he only played 45 minutes, which is a little bit concerning, but I guess he'd not played since the summer. And then today we've uh, announced the re-signing of Sam Hutchinson, which, um, I, I, oh, well, uh, it, we, we knew it was coming. I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect for this, the rest of the season. I am, as, as you've noticed, I'm definitely waffling on because I don't want to answer the question of are we going to stay up this season? Because I really don't know anymore. I wasn't That's worried. That's literally at the start all of the we wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I, well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you, this. I wasn't worried when we had 12 points deducted at the start of the season. I wasn't worried when, after the first few games, we beat Cardiff on the opening day two 0 very comfortably. 
with we obviously Windass and road scoring. Uh, obviously. So we went to minus nine. <laughs> obviously, that was only goal of the season. And uh, and uh, and yeah, it, it seemed positive at the start of the season under Monk. We didn't have a too bad start. It was probably slightly above everyone's expectations. Then we obviously have got it down to minus six the same week that we beat Bournemouth and then drew to Millwall and then ended up sacking Monk, which shocked everyone. <laughs> Wickham, Rotherham, and I can't remember the other team, but the, they weren't very good. Um, but the Rotherham one particularly, not only because it's Rotherham, but because it was a three What do you say, sorry? What are the other team between this? What? <laughs> The what you say? <laughs> I don't understand what you said. What are they having for tea? What am I? Oh, what am I having for tea? <laughs> what do you say? I don't see. I can't. <laughs> that accent, Dan, has got worse, mate. Yeah, go, go on. It. What are you having for tea? I don't know. To be fair, I've not. I've, like I said, well, it's good. I ain't had it, so I don't know. I, I, I think I what I can. If decide. you don't know, if you don't know, they just tell you what what I get for tea every day for the last sixty days. Uh, I, I definitely couldn't tell you that. Um, not because I don't want to, just because I don't know. Um, I don't remember what I had tea for last night, to be fair. Uh, I actually don't remember. Can I ask you a, a uh, relevant Sheffield Wednesday question, Kevin? Uh, Do you actually know who is favourite right now for the job? Um, no, I, I haven't looked camp. in a good week or so. so Feel I, free, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. I imagine Why it's Neil Thompson. Mon, it was Roy Keane. That... Yeah, it's Roy Keane. Was it? Thompson's second favourite. Where, where's where's that it? come from? Wow. Well, yeah. To be fair, now you mention it. When where did I see it? I saw I saw something to do with. In fact, it was. I think it was an article saying Roy Keane was looking to get back into management. I thought, here we go. He's going to be on our, um, you know, in our top twenty now. Roy Keane would be a really weird one because I do quite like him as a pundit. So I'd actually be a bit sad if he got back into management whether he was with Wednesday or not um, but it would definitely give some of the players kick up the arse which definitely some of them deserve but do you know what would be brilliant you know like when like the list's announced like on, on Skybet yeah, yeah. or whatever or, or any other betting website for, for that matter <laughs> Betfred <laughs> for example sponsor the podcast yeah if like it went through like an X Factor type thing so it was like oh <laughs> you get your auditions and then it's the uh, boot camp and then it's judges houses and Louis Walsh says oh Roy Keane's in me top th-. and then uh, yeah. yeah I think it'd be quite canny going that way do you know what I mean something a bit, bit spice it up a bit because you never see the application of this do you I'd love to see Roy Keane sing uh, I don't know what would he sing what would he sing on X Factor Roy Keane fun of love really. nothing to do with Ollie and all this carry on that comes from within that comes from your your DNA, what you stand for, your background, your family. Well, it, well, yeah, Roy Keane. I don't, I don't know what I'd make it personally. Say, there's not many people on that list that I would, I would like. Uh, I imagine I, I've got a feeling that we'll probably go with Neil Thompson as interim till the end of the season. <laughs> so a lot of players are going to be hopefully giving also a new contract. That's the only, that's the only thing that's going to keep us, keep us up. I think. What keeps you up, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Not scouting. Non-league win. football. <laughs> but, oh, that's a good. That's a good link, actually. I've I've not <laughs> been getting on. Uh, well, we've barely played for the last month and a half. Um, we've had... the... Right, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> right. We had we had COVID um, swing through our camp. At... <laughs> I thought you were going to say COVID swine flu. <laughs> I was like, is that another strain? God. <laughs> <laughs> COVID um, sweeped through our our ranks maybe sort of two months ago, three months ago, two and a half months ago maybe, and that sort of um, meant we had to withdraw from the FA Cup, which annoys me. Bear in mind now, target rearranged, but we'll not go there. Um, but for the last two months or so, we've been able to play whenever we've had a scheduled game, and I think we've had six games in that time period called off through obviously COVID for the other side. I think one actually was down to was down to weather and. I think that we went to play Yeovil away, which was already been rearranged once. It's now been rearranged again about a fortnight ago. Um, and that got called off 
even though they had an opportunity to play it on the Saturday previously, if that makes sense. So we had a free weekend. They had a free weekend. We said, shall we bring that game forwards to send more chance of it being played? And they went, no, we don't want to do that. And then they got a positive COVID test four or five days later. So the game had to be rearranged for a later date. Um, because of the bad weather this week, we were meant to be playing Solihull on Tuesday night away. That's now been switched. So we're at home on Wednesday night, which finally is a bit sense that the National League are allowing, which they weren't doing before, teams to bring games forward and pretty much play them whenever they want to. But I say all this, and we might not even get to finish the season. So, might all be pointless. I think that links, yeah, I think that links nicely to the news we saw about National League North and South uh, in the week. Um, They've been suspended. (laughs) Liverpool or Notts County? (laughs) <laughs> well, I, hope, I tell you what it'd be some achievement to Liverpool most of it well they've been suspended for two weeks I mean discontent of uh, funding so National League clubs started the season thanks to £10 million grants from the government but are now being offered government loans to continue playing uh, I think I think Adam will probably want to rant about this decision that was made yeah I mean we did mention it last week and I and I think I, I, I ended by saying that I hope that there's a solution that the season doesn't get scrapped, but that loans aren't going to work. And now what's happened is that we've heard, I think it was the Hartlepool manager, Dave Chandler, came out and he was very honest in his, in, his, in his interview after the game away at Weymouth on Saturday, where they did end up losing. And he said, well, now options one and two have been taken off the table. So now there's not going to be any loans of any kind available, which leads us with option three of suspending the season, which is what happened. For found South, that out at, at nine o'clock on, on a Friday night, by the way. Well, the thing no, is, though, on a Friday night, the yeah, well, then the National League said, following pretty much following that, that option two actually is still on the table and that uh, the, the, the loans being received, being taken out by the National League and the National League distributing that out as a grant was still on the table. So if we can't even get the National League, the governing body of this level of football, making statements and decisions that are correct, what chance have we got? I don't understand what two weeks of, of, of suspending the season at North and South level is going to achieve. We're not going to be in a better place by then. The whole point of it really is just to try and lobby the government and try and pressure them into giving us grants. They're not going to do that because they don't care about non-league football. They've got, if they want to care about football, they'll talk about the Premier League. Sometimes they talk about the EFL. They never once mentioned the National League. And this is the department that's meant to specialise in this sort of area. But the thing is, you can't have the National League fifth tier, National League North and South sixth tier is governed by the same same body in the National League. You can't suspend one and then play the other. And the, and, and the worst thing is, I mean, Notts County had, we played tabletop as Torquay on Saturday. We drew nil-nil. We had played a trophy game the weekend before, but it was our last, that was our first league game for five days short of a month. And we're playing the top of the league. We're meant to be playing, you know, to win, to try and catch them up. I think they're 15 points clear at the top or something. And we did quite well to draw nil-nil, but we hadn't played for so long that we were first 10, 15 minutes, we were a little bit, you know, you could tell we hadn't played very long. Fitness level towards the end of the game were a bit shy. We're probably looking to get a point. And I think if you play that game in the middle of regular matches, you'd be a lot better off for it. So I don't know what the National League are expecting to achieve in just saying, well, we'll well, we'll suspend the season, then we'll see where we are in two weeks' time. They're not making meetings particularly regularly. I think they were alerted and they knew that the initial grants would run out at the start of January. We're now nearly at the end of January and only last week were they actually making meetings for it. And even then they were saying, well, we'll have it in a couple of days' time. It wasn't like, right, we'll have that meeting tomorrow at 9am, first thing. It was, well, we'll have it in two or three days' time. Then you then email your sponsor back and I'll have another meeting in two or three days' time. It's just the whole thing's ridiculous. I don't know what the solution is, but the National League as a governing body will never find it because they're just not good enough. Do you think it's more than likely that the, the season's just going to get scrapped completely now then? I honestly think that's what they're hoping for. I think by delaying the meetings, by delaying whether we, whether the grants or loans and then putting things off the table and taking them back off, it, it's ridiculous. Um, it's astounding that these are the people in charge of football at this level. It is ridiculous to say the least that they these are the people in charge. And I think the longer it goes on, that's what they're hoping for. The more matches that people miss, because I think as for a spending perspective, we haven't still played a game in 2021. By the time this comes out, our next game is Chorley on the 9th of Feb, who will then go from playing Wolves at home 
to play and spend more at home, which <laughs> is a different topic of debate. But that's remarkable, isn't it? That they, they won't have a game from playing Wolves to then getting back into the National League North games. And the longer this goes on, the more the National League are likely to say, we can't fit all these games in, in this short space of time. You're going to have to play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday minimum to fit all these games in when it comes to April, May time. And that's just not going to happen, is it? With the yeah. amount of covid uh, they're not still not being regularly tested. They're not having tests once, twice a week. Um, so it's bound to happen. It games are still going to be postponed and then you're not going to be able to fit all the games in. We all know it's happening. We all know that the league's going to be postponed and null and void. They just don't want to tell us yet because they're going to wait till the very last possible minute to tell us. And the EFL aren't going to... told me if my five-a-side league's continuing as well. This is, serious. this is a serious topic, Dan. Going on what Sam said... Did... The, the EFL, obviously they're still playing and now they've got testing in. They're not going to hang around the start of their next season for the sake of two National League sides. So if we don't get these games played and, go, and don't get them played quickly, we're going to run out of time. And I don't think it's feasible to play three games in a week for two or three months in a row. And so we're, we're going to be left in a situation where the National League are going to have that decision made for them, which is probably what they want. They probably don't want to have to make a decision because they're not really good at making decisions. They're probably just going to wait until the EFL have virtually finished their season. We've only played a third of ours in the National League. And they say, well, we can't finish both these at the same time and, the, and and League Two can't can't hang around. So I think it is a foregone conclusion, which is a real shame. It's just a waste of £10 million in grants the last three months. It's a waste of of players' time, of managers' time, of our time, Sam. Really, you know, we've, we've committed the last three months to go home and away, which will prove for absolutely nothing at all. Last last year's FA Trophy hasn't even been played yet, and we're now in the last sixteen of this year's FA Trophy, which will probably get voided. So it's it's a real sorry state of affairs, but I don't see any logical and reasonable conclusion to this because of the state we've already got ourselves in. We should have been planning for this for three four months in advance before the season even started. We should have been planning what happens if we get to a solar season and, and 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 grants aren't available, money isn't available. There should have been plans put in place, and there clearly hasn't been. So to end the show this week, we thought we'd have a period of... Is Cameron talking too, then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, my brother came downstairs, so I was talking to him. I thought he was on the Christmas lights in work, work, and then he was, then, he was talking back to him, saying, no, you should work. <laughs> so to end the show this week, we thought we'd have a period of reflection and talk about the things we miss most about university. Adam, what do you miss most about university? I mean, I'm, a, I'm meant to say seeing you guys. Oh. Um, oh. Honestly, I, the thing the thing I miss, well, it isn't really the thing I miss, but it's just the fact that we, like, I look back and our last day at uni was just like a random Friday. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the thing that kind of makes me feel a bit weird. I don't even think I was in. No, you weren't. I, I, I think we all saw each other <laughs> minus you down for about a week before we have to go home. It's just the fact that literally yeah. we, you know, we left uni for the last time not knowing we've left uni for the last time. It's probably the, the saddest part, and it's just it's, it's just some menial things like you know when you get bored of doing work and you all gather around for a sporkle quiz that <laughs> you still do it virtually, but it isn't quite isn't quite the same, is it? I played football heads the other day on my own. That's really sad. <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, I think I miss most about going to megabytes about yeah. seven o'clock, getting a a pizza coming back and watching whatever late match was on be a Champions Wednesday League game. Yeah, exactly. The big fixtures, what Swansea knots in the in the start. Oh, don't all those big games. Swansea knots. Oh. You got told off for that in the first year, didn't you, Ollie? Get a, getting a palm on a can of pop and sitting in the AG12 when you're on. I think I was more confused with the fact that it was like it, it, no, because it was four in the morning and I was banging the documentary on. What are you saying about Swansea knots, Adam? I was saying it wasn't in the start, that was in the SU because it was on BBC and I went in and said, can you can you put the, the Swansea Knots match on? And they couldn't find it. So we missed the first five minutes because they were faffing around trying to just go through Sky and BT repeatedly saying well, it's not on. It's like, well, yeah, it's on BBC. And, and, and in the end, I wish we hadn't found it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> What's called it? Uh, still finishing, isn't it? It's still going. <laughs> I think it's yeah, still scoring, actually, yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, the, to sort of reiterate what they've said, that the thing I miss the most is doing anything other than work. The fact that we'd go in with a plan, we'd be like, right, I'll, I'll text one of you or all of you or whatever and say, right, I'm coming in and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
and you end up doing literally everything but that. <laughs> Every, like, just the most random things. What, what was that? Uh, guess where you were? Geo guest or something, something like that. And then, and then, oh, do you remember when you signed me up for like loads of emails and stuff like that? that I, I think I'm still getting like a Christianity.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I swear to God, I've, I've blocked them. I've blocked them, right? And I, I still get Christianity.com trying to convert me to Hinduism or something. No, not Hinduism, Christianity. It's because uh, I keep signing you up each week, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Stuff, but um, yeah, stuff just random stuff like that. Like when you we transferred something to one of our lectures from <laughs> my name, I tried to you too, Yeah, I'm sure they appreciated that. Good answer. <laughs> the thing I miss the most, probably actually, is just making stupid games up when we like we get really bored of doing something, then we just like. I remember, I think it was like the last week before we left, we found a, <laughs> when we were in the cook building, a little small room with computers that no one ever, ever, ever used. And we just turned it in, <laughs> into a tennis court. And we were just <laughs> lost up at each other. And <laughs> remember that? I think it was San Oli <sighs> who did that with me. And who would have thought that was our last, <laughs> our last week at uni doing that? Well, the worst thing about that was that it was you two versus me because I covered the, like, at the time, I covered the whole size of that wall. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was a small room. <laughs> it was a good game, and it doesn't need to happen again, though. Or when yeah. you, or when you yeah. took a cuddly toy into a, into a room and hid it, so they had to say, "What if you go and find it?" That's quite a good game as well. <laughs> Give the cuddly toy the name it deserves. Yeah, I, I didn't name Flappers. it. Flappers. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the rematch podcast make sure to follow us on twitter at rematch podcast as well as on itunes and spotify before we go when's everyone not working this week and we'll find you this quiz that i wrote over a month ago